The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Coming up in the program at 10.15, Maître Linda Hammerschmidt joins us. She's a family law attorney who will answer your questions related to divorce, living together, custody issues, anything to do with family law. So get your questions in early. You can text them in at 514-800. And, of course, you can always call them in at 7900-800. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your calls and texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion now at 514-790-0800 or 514-800. Time to answer your questions, which you can also send me by email, laurie at drlaurie.com. I got this email. I I contacted you a few times several months ago, and you helped me on air. I left my narcissistic husband, and he never hounded me. Experts say... The usual reason is because the person realizes you've got their number, figured them out, and so they retreat. That uh, could be true, of course. Uh, Now divorced and engaged to a very good, more suitable man, but he still puts tricks over on me. So do my children, adult children who live out of town. Once again, not organized about my birthday in two days, then will leave it up to me to figure out what to do. Uh, fiance figures he will just be sad that he will not be with me on my birthday as he lives all the way in Toronto. I will be happy that he regrets not visiting, uh, in quotation marks, instead of letting on that he should exert himself and visit. Everyone thinks I'm so polite, so considerate, but do not catch on to what the professionals say that I am smart and without being vindictive, I see the fire, not just caught up in the smoke. Maître Linda was a great help to me also on air. And also wrote me the next day. Yes, uh, Maître Linda is wonderful in that way, and she does take care of our listeners. So I know there's no real question in here, but as I'm listening to what you're, you've you written here, uh, you say everyone thinks I'm so polite, so considerate, but that sounds to me like you still put other people's needs ahead of your own. So if you want people to make a big deal out of your birthday and that's your if that's what you want that's perfectly fine they need to know this your children need to know that hey celebrating my birthday is important your fiance needs to know that your birthday is an important day for you and you want the people around you to make an effort. Some people don't care and that's okay but if you do care it's up to you to let them No, people cannot guess what's in your head. And I know you're trying to be polite and you're trying to be nice and and not uh, rock the boat too much. But what ends up happening? Who gets hurt in all of this? You do. So it's really important that um, you don't be too nice, meaning that you set boundaries and that you let the people know around you what it is that you want. And that way you won't get stepped on in this way, which is a sense of how, uh, the sense I get of how you're feeling. And happy birthday, by the way, happy birthday. 
uh, here, uh, this, here's a text for you for this emailer. I think that the emailer is relying too much on others to make her happy. She has a lot of expectations. She should pamper herself on her birthday, turn off her phone and go to the spa. That's what I would do. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that actually for someone whose birthday is also at the same time. Uh, I don't, I have very little <laughs> expectations and I just take care of me, uh, and, and do what pleases me. And if I want a big deal, when I turned 50, I, I wanted something. I wanted it to be a bigger deal. I made that known. Um, and, and yes, so take care of yourself and don't rely on other people uh, to make you happy or expect them to and then get completely disappointed when they don't, when they don't know that you're unhappy or they don't know that you want more than what they, uh, they are offering. Uh, another question, I'm not even sure I, I can answer this one, but why are men more likely to have casual relationships? Are they, are they more likely to have casual relationships? Um, I don't know. In this day and age, I hear from plenty of women who also want casual relationships, uh, even, you know, we always talk about men more likely to cheat, for example, except that the statistics are showing that women are getting very close to the same numbers in terms of, uh, of cheating behavior. So I don't know. Is there a, if there's a, a gender difference here, I'll have to think about that and maybe look into some of the research at a later date, but uh, I will do that for you. I'll look into, into the research and see if, um, if that is the case. One thing I can tell you just from just anecdotally, I don't have the, the research in front of me is that, Men are able, more able to, and that's not to say that some women don't do this, but to compartmentalize. So they can separate out the sex from the intimacy. A lot of women can do that too. I don't, don't get me wrong. But uh, if I'm going to generalize using gender, I would say I see that more, that that capacity in men more than in in women. And, um, but when I think about like swinger relationships or things like that, the, the women who are in those relationships can also do that, uh, really well. Uh, next question. How would you integrate or teach appropriate touch to preschoolers? So you've got a preschooler at home and you want to start talking about well, sexuality. And one of the reasons why we talk, we want to bring up this subject early on. And in fact, to preschoolers and kinder, the program in, in Quebec now includes kindergartners. Uh, and this is exactly what they teach in terms of good touch, bad touch. We even add another one called secret touch. Uh, when somebody tells you, shh, keep it a secret. This is between you and me. We have to teach kids that anybody who tells them that to keep it a secret, that they should not keep secrets from mom and dad. Um, talking about preschoolers here. And if we look at the age of children, like the, the average age of most, like most likely to get abused, like which, which age are most at risk for abuse, we're talking about seven-year-olds, seven, eight-year-olds. So, uh, of course we want to be able to have that talk before they get to that age and, and early on and telling them about their bodies and nobody's allowed to touch their bodies, uh, if they don't want them to and all of that. So you, you want to start talking about their boundaries, their physical boundaries, their, uh, what, and, 
and you can go do exercises with them, like what's a good touch, what's a bad touch. Uh, you can show them that a hug is a good touch. Uh, somebody who touches your private parts, and you teach them what private parts are, things that are hidden by a bathing suit, uh, that's that's not good, etc. So that's something that you uh, you would do. <laughs> this texter writes, women have casual sex, but men brag about it and women keep it quiet. Uh, so maybe that's where the idea comes from. What do you think? Could very well be, could very well be. Uh, another text writes, uh, texter says, I want to have a threesome with my partner and I'm not sure how to bring this up. Is there a way to have other partners and still be committed? So this uh, leads me to uh, talking about open relationships. Every couple will have a um, an agreement for how they want their couple to be, uh, sexually speaking. So some couples uh, engage in consensual non-monogamy. So it's not cheating. They're not going behind each other's back. They're not keeping anything a secret, but they decide on the terms of what that means. It means they both consent to having outside relationships. Now, you're talking about a threesome, which is a little bit different than having open relationships because you can still, you're completely committed. You can be romantically and emotionally committed to your partner and both decide that you want to have outside sexual experiences to people you're not committed to, to people you have no uh, real uh, relationship with. Uh, so you can, first you can start to maybe, in terms of having the threesome with your partner and how to bring it up, is bringing it up in a third party kind of way, like, uh, or about a fantasy. You know, I've always had this fantasy and what do you think about that? Not as something you necessarily want to do, but it's something that is a fantasy. If your partner it seems to it says, oh yeah, that's something I've always really wanted to try. I'm so glad you're open to it. Uh, then you know, then you realize, oh okay, maybe they, maybe it's something that they uh, they would want. So you you would approach it slowly to see. Uh, coming up, Metro Linda Hammerschmidt answers your family law questions. So get them in five one four eight hundred. But your relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now five one four seven nine zero zero eight hundred. Passion News Talk Radio CJAD eight hundred. Well, we have Maître Linda Hammerschmidt in studio with us. She joins us the last Thursday of every month today. She is in studio. She is here to answer your family law questions. So whether you want to talk about your divorce, about custody, about the financial aspect of divorcing, whatever legal question you have regarding uh, uh, separation, divorce, common law, all of that, she will answer them. 514-800 to text in. You can also call in at 514-790-0800. All right, we've got some emails, uh, some texts already. Ready to go? I'm always ready to go. <laughs> but I had a question to follow up. Oh, right. Up. Okay. Well, no, the, oh, no from, another one. From your our previous segment just okay. before. Okay. I always thought casual sex was just that you didn't put on your rhinestones. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Oh, she, you came back full of humor. <laughs> Look what the sun does to you. I saw you there. I see you here. I know. You're following me. Uh, all right. You know what? Before we, um, do you want to do our question yes, of the, our of question the night? question to the listeners. So try to guess the answer to her question. Or, or 
It doesn't have to be a yes or a no anything. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we probably touched on this subject from time to time, but in our famous couple that are <laughs> out there, uh, they both go, they're, they're living together, and it can be married or not married, it doesn't really matter, uh, and they go to the notary to have their wills done together. Right. And that's all lovely, and uh, each one's leaving everything they have to the other, to the other one, and everything's great. Uh, and my years go by, and one of them, doesn't matter who, goes back to a notary and modifies the will. Without telling the other partner. And the question is, who then is responsible to notify the other person that the will was modified? Or do they have to not? Well, that's notify. my question. Oh, what? that's your question. Okay. All right. Uh, you uh, answer. You be the judge. Five one four eight hundred. All right. Here's a text for you. I officially got divorced. We signed. How long does it take for me to get my papers? It has been two and a half months. My lawyer said he would be taking paper to court to finalize. I paid $1,200 and my ex was not signing every time he was scheduled to sign. He kept canceling. When after a year of that, he did sign. And then the lawyer told me I had to pay another 400 because of changing dates on a paper. I'm paying slowly as money is tight. Could he be delaying my papers because he wants money in full? Uh, speaking about the lawyer, he never told me that, but that is my sense. Or is delay normal? I need closure. Uh, so that's interesting. So what is the well, delay? First of all, no lawyer should be delaying proceedings because they want to be paid. Uh, letting it go the other side for over a year, and some people do that. The, the, the problem is clients, on the one side, they don't want necessarily for a lawyer to have to go to court if they think they're going to settle it or whatever, but a lot of letter writing back and forth mm -hmm. that accomplishes nothing is useless. Right. So the only time sometimes the other side will uh, have a fire uh, lit up under them is to actually put the file in the courtroom, and if they want to come to then sign the consent and get it homologated and incorporated into a judgment, fine. Now, if the consent has been finally signed, because that's what yeah, I understood what from says, this yeah. thing, then it's simply a question of preparing a what we call a projet de jugement, a draft judgment, because nowadays uh, judges... I shouldn't say this, and their secretaries are too lazy, and lawyers have to do the job that was once done by the courthouse. Okay. Uh, otherwise, it could take like six months to get ah. the paperwork out of the courthouse once you get in the courthouse in the sequence. So that of, delay would be normal then if it's only been two and a half but it, months. But, but that shouldn't happen because okay. what we do when things are uh, all agreed is that you file the affidavit to both parties because uh, that's part of the rules, and the draft judgment and you put it in the graph and then then it goes into the bowels of justice shouldn't take more than a couple of months to get it back out and sometimes people are really in a rush and some and i've had this experience where people <laughs> one at one side has already got the wedding venue for marriage number one, two right. three or twelve lined up and the, and they need to have a divorce paper to show that they can not going to be a bigamist um you can have uh, the parties go to the courthouse and be in front of a judge uh, who will uh, sign the paper assuming you bring it uh, the draft judgment to go with the consent and stick it all together and you can get it right then and there but they don't like to do that at the courthouse because otherwise everybody would do that and they wouldn't be uh, 
rendering interim orders and other things that they're supposed to be doing because special clerks downstairs who are hopefully not wearing crosses, yarmulkes, or hijabs uh, will be, uh, mm-hmm. you know, signing your paperwork. So it shouldn't take that long. So you should... What should she do? Should she check with the she lawyer should, what date yeah, it was she, deposited? She, she should go to and phone the office and say, I want to know when exactly and what still needs to be done, and I want to know about it this week. Okay. All right. So she should really push to know when it was yeah, deposited. Hmm. Assuming it has been deposited. So if it gets deposited, how long typically does it take? Well, as I said, assuming that everything is good and yeah. that the clerk doesn't find, you know, uh, somebody forgot to file one of the birth certificates or the marriage contract right. or, or you filed a paper that's not in the uh, uh, the form, those blue certificates that okay. come now out of out of Quebec, um, Bureau d'enregistrement, uh, sh- should take... Uh, Two months, maybe. All goes well. Okay. Maybe less. All right. Depends so on really the time at, of the year, too. If it's right. summer, or, you know. So at this at Christmas. this point, at this point, then the answer is, call the lawyer and yeah, find because, out when they deposited it, and and what's the holdup. Right. And, and I would even put that in writing. Okay. So send it by email. Yeah. Right. Even though and then follow she, and then follow she'll be charged up. for that email. No, no, no. If the lawyer charges to read that email, there's a problem. Okay. Okay, you heard it here. All right, good. Uh, I've been separated uh, from 2014 and divorced since the beginning of this year. My ex had an affair, and I caught him in 2012. I think this question is for me. Why am I afraid to get involved with anyone? I have met some nice people, but I panic the moment a man shows interest or asks me out. I seriously panic as if I'm doing something wrong. It scares me a lot. I cannot move forward. My ex keeps sending texts that he is sorry and misses me. Two years of his affair... I gave up and lies, yet I cannot move on in my personal life. I cannot explain my fear. Please give me some hope and clarity. So you're going through a grieving process, and there's one thing that we know about being a betrayed spouse is that we experience something called uh, betrayal trauma like or trauma betrayal. Like There is a, tr- a trauma associated with that kind of betrayal. Which makes can, sense. Yeah, of course it makes sense. And it can take some time to overcome and to start trusting again and to allow yourself to love again and to open yourself up again. All of that takes time because you've been trampled on. Put it, you know, That's what it, it feels like for someone who's been uh, betrayed. So you have to give yourself time, but I would strongly recommend that you actually talk to somebody, talk to a therapist who, uh, even one who specializes in couples who see a lot of these things, right? Who ends up seeing a lot of infidelities and such, who will be able to help you through that process and help you deal with, uh, specifically give you tools for the anxiety that you feel. That's the panic is the, is the form of the anxiety that you feel. So yes, there is definitely hope, but you have to be gentle with yourself. Give yourself time to, uh, get past this. And by the way, if your ex keeps sending texts and you don't want to hear from him, block him. Like, it, there's no reason for you to yeah, He got engage. divorced. Why yeah. do you need to worry about what that person's uh, writing? Right. Up? So don't, don't engage in that because it only makes it worse for you. 
in, in the end. And I would also say that maybe don't put so much pressure on yourself. You don't have to run out and get married or Again, have a that's long-term right. relationship. You could just go out and have, have fun. coffee, see a movie, to join some sort of a club where yeah. there's both sexes involved. doesn't have to be that you're going there to find a date. Right. You can be single. Like, yeah, be happily single. Yeah, to be single. Yeah, so it's okay. And Nobody to clean up after. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. And you're not doing anything wrong, by the way, because you say you panic as if you're doing something wrong. There's nothing wrong here. Uh, but you know what? Take time. Just take nice time to be nice to, to yourself. yourself. Exactly. Be very nice to yourself. All right. I have a question here. 514-800. Maitre Linda Hammerschmidt is here with me. That's the other voice here. She is a family law attorney and ready to answer your questions about uh, divorce or custody or any such thing. Uh, I got a kid with my ex, and on the birth certificate, she put her last name. She wrote Father Unknown, but we are on good terms, but I have no authority. What can I do to see my kid more often and get more rights? Well, first of all, if the father isn't on the birth certificate, he's going to have to take a uh, application Pater- in paternity to prove it. But first of all, if you're in good terms, I would drop a little, uh, you know, non-threatening letter that says, I recognize that uh, so-and-so is the father. And then if she gets mad at you down the road, at least you'll have that as a commencement of proof that you can file with your action in paternity. So that would be the extreme. And or, Mm -hmm. depending on if she's in really good... um, you know, relationship at this point in time uh, and w- agreeable, uh, perhaps just a rectification of civil status could could do, and they could rectify the birth certificate jointly. What if she do- doesn't sound like she may want to well, do Well, I don't that. know. He right. just we said that know. they were yeah. on good terms. So well, uh, okay. There are, so There are a few uh, ways to deal with that. Right. But, of course, if the child's now 17, uh, you're, you may be out of luck because there's a prescription to claim paternity if you knew that oh. you're the father and you do nothing about it. And let's say she decides to get married to somebody. That person's going to be presumed, <laughs> legally speaking, down the road to be the father. So, you know, if you want to have some rights, you better do something. So, all right. So the extreme would be to get that judgment You want rights? Somebody paternity. owes you money? Do something. Right. Uh, so again, just to repeat, you get you. There's something where you get a judgment of paternity. Is that what you said? Yeah, like, you, ha- you either have to be declared a father if she's, so she's you have gonna, to be if, declared. If she's mm-hmm. now in a bad bad mood against you, and it's possible that jointly you could take a, uh, a proceeding whereby both of you ask, oh, the, we forgot to, to put your name, whatever, who knows, uh, make it up mm-hmm. and uh, have the uh, birth certificate amended, rectified. All right, great, Metro uh, Linda. Hammerschmidt answers your questions today, your legal questions about family law. So get them in. You have some time. 514-800 to text them in or 514-790-0800. Lots of different topics we'll, uh, we'll cover regarding family law coming up. First, let's check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure to the pain and everything in between. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Maybe not so mature of a a subject matter tonight. (laughs) Meta Linda Hammerschmidt is here. It's not an insult to you. That that whole sentence really sounds bad. No, no, no. It wasn't bad. Maybe not too mature. (laughs) Linda Hammerschmidt's here tonight. (laughs) Uh, 
yeah. I'm she, leaving now. I'm <laughs> no, you're not. Watch the tennis. <laughs> she is here to answer your questions. We could have stayed in Miami and watched we the tennis. We could have. We could have. I didn't know there was a Miami Open. Five one four eight hundred to text in your questions for Metro Linda. She uh, will answer your questions that you have about uh, divorcing or common law living or anything contracts. you feel like asking. But don't forget my question. I'm still waiting. Oh for yes, answers. go go for your question again. Repeat. Question is the couple goes to a notary. They do their wills. They leave each other everything that they have in the case of uh, imminent death. <laughs> and uh, and uh, years later, one of them goes back to a notary and changes the will. Who's responsible for telling the other one that the will was changed? All right. We'll give you the answer after the next break. No, but we won't. Yes, if you don't well, come don't and text it. in an answer, you don't deserve to hear it. I want to hear the answer. Well, I'll tell you later. <laughs> Do you get that situation a, a lot? What, that I don't where, answer questions? No, where people make changes like that and don't don't notify their own partner? Would or, you like to wait for the people <laughs> to uh, text or call right, in with five, their answers Five one four eight hundred. Instead of trying what, to trick me to give it? What do you but think? But I'm not that silly, Dr. Lori. <laughs> All right, here's a, here's a serious question for you. My ex-husband and I are supposed to exchange tax returns, but when I asked him, he threatens me. How can I get his information without a lawyer as I cannot afford it? He also owes me for the children's education. I'd love to know what the threat is. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> if you ask for my information, I'm going to what? Because, I don't know. Anyway, um, my, my answer to that is twofold. Either she should send a registered letter to him giving him a delay to send the information. And by now, uh, she's probably a year from behind if the tax information that she's been waiting right. for was last year's tax information right. and we're about to have a new tax year in a month basically so she might as well wait another 30 days and then ask for both of them both? together okay instead of sending two so registered she would, letters she, she could do that but okay. given the fact that she's asking this question and given the fact that she hasn't had the information for since a year now Probably a lawyer's letter would be more useful than her sending a letter that he's just going to phone up and say, I'm going to threaten you with whatever. Or not, Again, or or not, not even pick it up. I was just going to say, not pick yeah, it up because yeah. he'll know that. Whereas it's... a lawyer's letter served by bailiff certainly does get attention. And he has okay. no business saying he's not going to provide it because that's just the law if there's support. He has to. Yeah. And he says. And if he doesn't says... voluntarily do it, then there'll be another court order. And she and he's, she says he also owes me for the kids' yeah. education. Yeah. And at the so. same time, you go back for the kids' education. I hope she has all the bills. And uh, ask for uh, legal costs as much as you can at, because she shouldn't have had to do this in the first place to get what he's supposed to do anyway by uh, by a consent or a judgment that's already uh, taken place. So, uh, you know. Okay. But again, don't wait forever because it'll be uh, next year and you'll still be waiting. You can go to legal aid also, right? There are legal aid clinics that can help if a person can't afford. Well, it depends on their financial situation if they right. qualify. Okay. Uh, all right. Somebody answered the question. We'll see. My belief is it is up to the notary to notify the other. And then they finish with love the hammer. Thank you very much. <laughs> Meh. That's wrong. It's wrong. Well, of course it's wrong. So what do you, I, what do you mean? Of course it's wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez, Linda, we're not all lawyers here. Uh-huh. That's why you're here. Okay, here's a question for you. How does marrying abroad change the divorce process? So you get married abroad, <laughs> you come here. Why are you laughing? 
I'm sorry. It's a good question. The question. Oh, you meant abroad. No, abroad. abroad. Married abroad. abroad. I just, my God, if he's already calling her abroad, don't bother getting married. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Where your mind goes, I don't know. I haven't even had anything to drink today. So, how does marrying out of country change the divorce process? Uh, It. doesn't change it at all obviously you have to have followed the laws of the place where you got married so that in fact you're validly married okay because you have to be validly married to get a divorce if you're not validly married then you're not you don't need a divorce but where does the divorce happen where they're residing Okay. At whatever time that is when they one of them or the other decides to get a divorce. If you get married okay. in, let's say, Trinidad and Tobago mm-hmm. in 1965 and you're living here, the divorce is here. So long as you've With been living here, of here for more than a year. Ah, you have okay. to be a resident for a year to take right. a divorce. You don't have to be a resident for a year to take a separation, but I never recommend that because you're just, you know, double charging yourself by getting one thing that doesn't really do anything for you down the road. Unless you have some really deep religious conviction as to not being divorced. But this day and age, that's doubtful. Uh, Okay. I have a situation for you that I want you to help with. So here's a couple. They leave Montreal and move to the States because the husband got a position in the States. So he got his papers, was able to bring his family, uh, and they live in the States. So they've been there a few years. He then uh, leaves the marriage or goes outside the marriage and now wants to move to another state. And uh, she doesn't have a, a job or anything. And he wants her to move to that other state where he has his other a, a new girlfriend. And Why he's does saying, he even want her to move? Because he wants the kids. He wants the kids to be close to him. But mm-hmm. she has nothing there. There's no family there. There's no support. There's no job. There's no nothing for her there. She can't just up and take the kids back here if that's where you're okay, leading so, this no, question. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm asking. Okay. So that's one thing she can't do. Okay. She can't do because then she could be charged under the uh, Hague Convention for kidnapping. Okay. Uh, so she should take her proceeding down there. If she wants a divorce, ask for custody, and then subsequently asks after he moves to this other state, assuming he's really going to move to the other state, mm-hmm. uh, to relocate to uh, back here if this is where she, so she wants to come. to, to try and, and get some paperwork that shows she has a job opportunity here. Now, I have no idea how old the kids are and how that might play or not play and how attached they are to dad or if he's a schmuck or whatever. What if one, what if uh, a kid wants to live with the dad Well, and one doesn't, let's say? Just like everywhere in the civilized world, a judge is going to have to determine what's in the best interest of the children and with whom that is. And assuming that mother uh, has been the stay-at-home yeah. mom since she hasn't had a job, mm-hmm. one presumes uh, that she's been taking care of the children, she has perhaps the better chance and and in the states i don't know where in the states but some states pay more attention than we do okay. uh to uh you know uh, girlfriends <laughs> okay. plays a part what do you mean well, it's not looked on as a great oh, mo- as a, reason to right. have the children. If you're flitting around with your right. girlfriend, leaving your kids, how 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 involved are you with your kids? If you're so busy traveling to right. see your girlfriend in some other state, right? Oh, that is all good, question good of, argument. Okay, all question of what you can prove, and uh, you know, so so at least she should start out by consulting a lawyer in her area. Okay. Uh, so a couple people are taking a stab at your question. Okay. Uh, all right. 
Uh, answer to the lawyer's question. No, it's not the notary's responsibility because the notary, just like a lawyer, is under confidentiality, blah, blah. Very good. Okay. Another one says, since notarized... But that didn't answer the question, right. did it? No, but maybe this one did. Since notarized must be witnessed by existing beneficiary as well as witness in presence of notary. Ergo, individual changing will, will have previous beneficiary notified. First of all, a beneficiary never witnesses a will. Okay. <laughs> that, no. that, it'll invalidate their gift in okay. it. They can witness it, but then they're not getting that money okay. or the house or the ring or whatever it is. No, nobody, okay. no, no person has an obligation to tell the other person that they're no longer in their will. Surprise! Until they're dead, and then you find out that you've wow. been disinherited. There's no obligation to so, tell anybody. You can change your will like your underwear every day of the week. Right. So there's well, no, assuming you change your underwear every day. So of that the was week. a trick question, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> trick question from Metro Linda Hammerschmidt. Oh, and in the midst boy. of all of that, you threw in that broad question. Oh, this is a great night. <laughs> Do you have questions for Metro Linda? <laughs> you can text them in. We still have a few minutes left. Five one four. 800, or you can call in at 514 I just want to thank everybody for the three people that, that yes, wrote in. Yes, good, good, good uh, attempts there. at this, right? Straight talk that's all-inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Metalinda Hammerschmidt is here to answer your legal questions, family law questions. Uh, just somebody said for the will issue that you talked about, for a question about the will, you can't change the beneficiaries if they are irrevocable. Can you make that irrevocable? No. Okay. So you, there's no such That's thing. That's life insurance policy, maybe. Okay, <laughs> but, but not, not a, will. a will. All right. That answers that question. We have Dave on the line. Hi, Dave. Yeah, I wanted to know, uh, can a beneficiary to of a will be also an executor of the will? Yes. Can, yeah. Yeah, that, that's not a conflict. Of course, obviously, other heirs may think that the person is, uh, you know, uh, doing whatever for himself, herself beforehand. But, you know, when there's a will, there's contestation. And can the beneficiary of, in the will have the right to see the will before it is read? No. First of all, the person has to be dead <laughs> unless you have a good relationship with the person who wrote the will and they will show you their will or leave a copy of your, the will with you. But you, you don't get to see it before it's open and then the executor is the person in charge of – Executing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Liquidating the, uh, the estate and uh, informing beneficiaries who they are. Okay, but also uh, notarized wills, isn't that a, a public access, no? No, it's not public access. It's only registered at the Chambre de Notaire, the notary chamber, but that doesn't make it public. And in fact, when somebody dies and you have to go and check to see if uh, this copy is the last copy, you write both to the uh, the Bar of Quebec and you write to the Chambre de Notaire and you ask what is the last will registered and they will send you back a here's the date, but they won't send you a copy of the will. Can a notarized will be overwritten by a by a holographic will? Uh, yes, because it, it's it's not a question of overturn. It's a question of what was the last will. The the date determines the validity yeah, in know, a part the, of the will. So if somebody wrote a holograph will 
after what, what they, is that? Do you want to? It's it's a hand a handwritten what, handwritten will, and it follows a certain form with witnesses who are not beneficiaries. But if it is uh, uh, written after the notarized will, then first of all, it has the benefit of b- being presumed to be the valid will. However, if it was written in a, by somebody who wasn't fully competent, or if the forms weren't followed, then you'll have to revert to the uh, notarial will. Okay, thank you. You're welcome, Good Dave. Luck. Good, Good luck. Happy writing. Yeah, I knew somebody also who had written a will just on a piece of paper, but there wasn't any note or there wasn't no, no, anything. No, no, because there's three kinds of wills, the, the, and and they have, well, the notary will. Everybody knows what a notary is, and uh, it just needs to be done by the notary, and they usually have a witness who's the secretary in the office. And then there's the holograph will that is, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uh, written out. It can even be typed out, but it has to be signed by the person mm-hmm. who is uh, making the will and then witnessed by two people who aren't beneficiaries. And then there's just a handwritten will. Right. Of course, as you go down the road, that's the, the harder ones to prove, right? And right. never mind fine, because if you just wrote it on the corner of a piece of paper right. and it gets lost with the newspapers or gets thrown out in the cleanup by the people who have no idea that there's a will in the middle of all those newspapers. Right. Well, this actually happened with the, with the relative. They, they actually found it in just in her papers. It was just a, a piece of paper yeah. saying, I this is what I leave. anybody that has a will that they should put it somewhere in an envelope where, you know, after and you're it dead, it will, will be easily found. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I have mine in my night table drawer, along with my ashes of my previous dog uh, that I will be buried with, God mm-hmm. willing. <laughs> and uh, or or that you uh, have a, I don't know, some sort of a container that, you know, has mm-hmm. special things, or you your told your, papers, your right. people who the, if you had a notarial will, who the notary is, and write down here the important information, should I pass away on the freeway going home tonight, and you can find it all there. I mean, okay. and if you haven't got a will, make a will, people, because believe me, nine times out of ten, you're going to die without a will, so your money's going to go to people you don't like. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, we don't want that happening. All right, last question, uh, maybe. Uh, what should I bring to a divorce lawyer for the first time, my first consultation? As much financial information as you can, the values of the assets, the values of the debts, when things were purchased, if they were sold, what you got for it, the values of mortgages, uh, if there's a life insurance policy, your marriage certificate, your birth certificate, the children's birth certificates. If you have a marriage contract, you bring that too. Your husband or wife's uh, birth certificate. It's not critical if you don't have it, uh, you know, but as much as you can bring and as much information as you have about everything and if there's company names to bring the company number or if the you know uh, the bank accounts all that because uh, the more prepared you are the no, quicker the, it'll go the less it'll cost that's true to get at least the information out. right and yet i hear so many people when when they're told like you have to get all this financial information they're completely lost like what i i didn't even don't even know our finances. You know, from the day you're born, you should start preparing for your death, and from the day you get married, you should start preparing for oh, your divorce. Oh wow! <laughs> and put your stuff aside because there's no excuse in this day and age for people not to know what the hell is going on in their financial life when they're with somebody. I don't get it, people. I just right. don't get it. Right. So, be informed and don't that's, be afraid uh, to ask questions. And if you don't get the answers, that's a big clue. Right. 
So do you provide as a as a divorce lawyer, do you provide a list for people to like do their homework before they come see you? Like when they that first consultation on well, the phone. Well, usually with I you? tell them what I just told right. you. Right. So you give them I a whole did, list know, that they That's okay. it. And then when I hearing their story, there may be other things that I want them to bring or get or depending on what they tell me and right. uh, I'll make them what I call a homework list and right. make a list for them and I'll photocopy it for my file and then we'll see if So they... copies of photocopies of all <clears> that is okay. You don't have. Do you have to have the originals? The originals of the birth certificates, the marriage certificate, and uh, the marriage contract. Because your ex You're... may not want to give you their original birth certificate. Well, don't. As I said, but you weren't listening, Doctor Lori. <laughs> okay. I said that that the spouse's birth certificate's not critical. Okay. All right. If you can get it, because then bring it in. Nine times out of ten, you can get that from the the that spouse's lawyer down the road. Okay. Uh, the other question I had too, uh, assuming well, you know the birth dates of your spouse, well, which I would think, you know, I you would, would think, yeah, I would hope. Um, what about getting the? L- l- let's say you have a situation where uh, a couple is divorcing. You had a stay-at-home mom. She doesn't have a job, uh, and she needs a lawyer, but can't afford a lawyer. What does she do? Start planning, as I said, the day okay. you get married to keep a little bit of money on the side. I'm, to, I'm to, serious. I Either understand. you're going to have to find somebody who's going to lend you the money, parents or siblings, best friend, I don't know what, get a loan, take money out of a credit card as an advance. You're going to have to do something if you don't qualify for legal aid. You is Are there any lawyers that will take on a I'm client? sure there are. I'm not one of them. Okay. I'm just saying, like... In anticipation that the other party will pay for it? Like, how often yes, does... Yes, but there's no guarantee about that. Okay. So... I, I, I will judges... always try to ask for a provision for legal fees, but it is not a guarantee. A judge can decide to give none of it, part of it only. Uh... You would think that they would... They would for someone who has been a stay-at-home mom and and has you'd think. support. You would think you'd but that think. doesn't always happen. No. Is what you're saying? Or they say you'll get it down the road when the stuff is divided or whatever. But that's lovely. But in the meantime, a lawyer has to pay rent and salaries and insurance and et cetera right. and all that. So you know, if you can find somebody or a young lawyer who's uh, hungry for work and not going to charge and a lot, wait. that's right. but that's lovely. Mm-hmm. But. <clears throat> Okay. You know, it's a business also. Yes, of course. Uh, of course. There's no question about that. But it's just so... Because I've always said, and I've even said it in the courtroom to judges, if I'm going to not get paid, I'm going to stay home with my dog. <laughs> you know, do Can people have legal aid if... Like, do they qualify? They make no money, but their spouse makes a lot well, of money. Would they qualify? They'll qualify if, for example, they're not on the title deed of the house. Because if ah. you have a million-dollar house and you're 50% owner, yes. you're probably not going to qualify. Not qualify. Okay. Even Makes. though, even though you can't bring the brick to your lawyer right. to say, "Here, please take this on uh, exactly. on deposit." Right. Exactly. Linda, thank you so much. Where can people uh, reach you? Your phone number, if people want to find you. At the office, eight four. 514, obviously, 846-1013. Or you can email me at hammerschmidt at viftbif.com. Wonderful. Linda, thank you once again. Always a pleasure. I think it's the 25th of April. I'll see you next. Yep. Here. See you here. Uh, That's it uh, for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you for your questions and your texts. Don't forget, you can send in your sex questions 
anytime, and I will answer them at the beginning of every show. Uh, thanks to our technical producer, Dave Simon. If you want to connect with me on social media, at Dr. Lori Batito, or through my website at drlori.com. Coming up next here on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion.